Hi, and welcome back to Strikes Our Fancy, where this week we, as always, are talking about whatever is striking our fancy that particular week. Uh, with uh, me, Caleb Johnson, your illustrious host, as always. Who, who am I with today? Well, first you're with me, Craig, um, the, the standard go-to, nothing new here, but uh, we have someone very, I shouldn't say new and different. You've been here once before. Yeah, no, I have. Um, <laughs> I didn't know if that was supposed to be like an introduction. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I am Carrie. I'm married to Craig. Unfortunately. For who? For you. Oh, <laughs> well, depends on the day. Um, but yeah, I'm back and I'm really excited. Last time we talked about board games. Um, and so, yeah, this this should be fun. I'm excited. Yeah. Rob, unfortunately, due to life circumstances, was unable to join us this week, but he should be back next week. We love you, Rob. Yeah. We shout, miss you. Shout out. But yeah, what are we talking about this week, Caleb? Uh, this week, uh, we're going to talk about that uh, international children's bestseller books and franchise as a whole, Charlie Bone. <laughs> did, did you know about, did you know about those books? No. That was, I, that's a deep cut. They're old. Yeah. My, I had a sister that read them, but I never, I didn't even start them. I'm sure they're good. I don't know. I've never They were heard horrible. I were they really? I didn't care for them. Oh, shoot. I'm glad I didn't try it then. Are they in a similar vein to our discussion point? Kind of the chosen one. Uh, okay. I'm not sure if there's a magic school or whatnot, but uh, it, it had a similar tone. Very British, I think. Okay. I don't know too much about them. But uh, we're talking about Harry Potter (laughs) (laughs) and that that uh, franchise and how they're squeezing the life out of it. Uh, Yeah. The the boy who lived and then really didn't do much else. (laughs) Uh, And the franchise that has come to die. Yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> it is very much alive. I was going to say, Carrie's staring daggers at me right I now. I mean, <laughs> uh, it's very much alive. I don't think it's going to die anytime soon. We, we, you say it's dying as there's a new, new movie right around the corner. Does new things just generally mean that the franchise isn't like, like a Star Wars? I mean, Rise of Skywalker, that's a dead franchise by now. Yeah, but it's they're, they're still making money. I mean, still coming to that cash cow. No doubt. True. Uh, I mean, Harry Potter has had a Broadway, I guess it's not a musical, but it's a Broadway show. And then all of these extra films, all of the Harry Potter worlds out there. Isn't I believe there's more than one. I think there's one in at least one in Europe. I could be wrong. I don't I, know. I that believe that. Sure. There's definitely one in Florida. Right. Yeah, right. And, so I, I'm, I think they're going to keep making movies as long as they see a profit margin. I would still like to see like a prequel more so. But is any of it good? <laughs> you know, would you in what no. sort of like any of the original stuff no. or the stuff since? It's all bad. Okay. I, uh, <laughs> well, maybe before we continue, maybe uh, how does how did everybody get introduced to Harry Potter? What was uh, Miss Miss Carrie? What was your first introduction to to that franchise? So I was introduced by my godmother and aunt. She sent me the first two books, I think probably for my birthday. I feel like I was maybe in the second, maybe the second grade, maybe third. Um, Not to delve too much into your past, but like. You, you come from a Christian family, right? They weren't like, burn the books. It's witchcraft. Oh, not at all. <laughs> Nothing like that. They were more like, oh, that's that nerdy thing that's okay, going around, okay. that kind of thing. Yeah. And I was pretty skeptical <laughs> at first. But once I finally got into them, I just could not put them down. And so, I mean, I was I was there for midnight releases for at least the seventh book, maybe the sixth as well. The fourth one had just come out when I got through the first two. So 
I got in kind of midway as they were getting published. That's uh, similar to me. Uh, I found uh, the second book. I read the second book first. Oh, and okay. I had found that and, and like a, it wasn't a trash can, but it was a box full of things people didn't have or didn't want anymore. Um, sure. So I took it home and read it and loved it. And I found the first one. I find the first book heavily inferior. I think it's the most boring book of the series. The first one? Yeah. Huh? Um, Interesting. Same age range, roughly? Like yeah. early teens, that's when you got introduced to the franchise and you yeah. stuck with it? Yeah. Okay. Um, I'd read the second one, stuff like that. I was about 11-ish around that same time. Yeah. Okay. Um, the first book was worse. Second one was great. Uh, then I just kept with it. Similarly, uh, I was at the midnight releases at this bookstore in Watertown for all of them. Oh, nice. And I had collected cans for the fifth book. I remember specifically collecting like lots the, and lots of a, bags. That's of cans. a lot of aluminum. Yeah. <laughs> to paper. <laughs> to paper a book. That's it was so it was cool. worth it. Yeah. Okay. Do you great. still do you oh. still have that copy? No, I, oh. I, it pains me because I, I want them back now, but I had the first editions of all the hardbacks of the original. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. And they go for a lot nowadays, yeah. but I would love to have them back just to have in the collection. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Uh, my my foyer into Harry Potter is similar. I started, I can't judge too harshly for you starting on book two because I started on book three. Ooh, the uh, best one. Uh, and, then, mm-hmm. and then hopped back. Um, but very similar to you guys, I, I I read them early preteen, maybe maybe a little later. I think I may have been thirteen or fourteen. I had to try a few times to get into it. Like I remember, re- like all of my siblings super into it, and they kept telling me like, read these, read these, read these. And I I think I would start and I would try and I'd be like, nope, don't like it, nope, don't like it. And then maybe the third or fourth time, I finally came around to it. What uh, what grabbed you that fourth time? <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> thinking back that far, I can't say explicitly. Um, but I am going to start talking some mad trash because towards the end of the series, I was just checked out. I was just reading because, well, I got to finish this series. It's coming to an end. Let's, yeah. Let's yeah. Just, but yeah. like, I, I wasn't reading them cause I enjoyed them anymore. Oh, <laughs> um, sad. I was so excited. Similar, same here. Uh, I was, I was, I was checked in yeah. Uh, yeah. for the entirety of the series. Um, <laughs> the movies, I am similar with you though. Uh, by, by the third movie, fourth movie, I was done with the movies. So we all have kind of similar backgrounds. We read the books growing up, very formative years. I think that's very much the target audience, right? J.K. Rowling wrote them for kids. Well, they're, they're kid I, stories. I think it's interesting because I think the early ones, one, two, and even three, it's almost like you should read them as you hit those age groups because the main characters are growing up and experiencing the, a lot of the same things you experience at those ages. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the first couple are very age appropriate for your 11, 12 year olds, but like, I don't think an 11, 12-year-old would um, – I the seventh one I think is just too dark maybe for that age. Maybe not too dark, but I found it very nice to like kind of grow up with these characters. That's what it felt like to they me. They mature with you. Yes. Which is nice. Are, are Absolutely. You, are you saying that at 11 you can't handle the, the social intricacies of the Triwizard Tournament ball? Like and the social pressures to find a date. First of all, it's called the Yule Ball. The Yule Ball. Get it, Jeez, get it right, Craig. Casual. Yeah, Gosh. very, very casual. He shouldn't even be here. <laughs> Why aren't you just producing this and being mm. carrying talk? So. I think so. I think so. <laughs> okay. <laughs> just be quiet then. No, you're fine. We need your sourpuss opinion. Yeah, I'm gonna bring you, gotta bring I'm just, it. Just for the re- just so you all know, I'm here to bring you down. That's the whole point. <laughs> yes. Okay, so you're you're saying that you think that the books are very age-specific then? Like, that you think that a kid should read them year by year? Even if someone was super into it at 11, you wouldn't want them to read the whole series? 
No. I don't think they'd be interested no? in like the later books. I think the first one brings in a lot of that whimsy and that fun for a kid. Mm-hmm. I think reading them at the time brings, uh, like, as you're that age and reading them as they come out, which was, there was years in between them. Yeah. So, like, I think I was like 20 something by the time. No, I was actually just seven. Wait, when did uh, Deathly Hollows come out? <laughs> Deathly Hollows, that's the last one, right? Yeah. That came out. I think I was about 16 or 17 because it came out this summer. I want to say 2007. I got together with Craig. So okay. probably, probably. Okay, so I was roughly 16. Going uh-huh. into my junior year of high school. Because okay. it was the summer before junior year for me. I remember yeah. that. Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, we all grew up you know, with Harry. We were started at 11 right. when yeah. like the first or second book came out, you know. So it was a, it was, it was a magical time, okay. you know, mm-hmm. like uh, we didn't. There was no binge reading this series because we had to wait for it. And I think that yeah. that helped us all become more attached to the characters. Whereas nowadays, if an 11-year-old tries to binge read Harry Potter, they might get to the fourth or fifth or sixth book and be a little less interested. Yeah. They might. Yeah. I'd be curious because so my nephews are, how old are they? I think six and eight. And they've listened to them all. My, my sister-in-law has them on tape and... It was so cute. They had a sleepover here two weekends ago, and we put the boys down. They were sleeping on, like, our sectional together. It was like camping in the living room. It was cute. Um, But I went upstairs, and I could hear noise coming from downstairs, and I'm like, Craig, I think one of them got their tablet out and was maybe playing a game or something. I don't know. And he's like, well, you better take it away. I'm like, well, I mean, if it's helping him fall asleep, it's fine. But but I did. I came down and they were listening to the Harry Potter books on our on our Echo, Amazon Echo thing. Alexa or Echo, yeah. yeah. And I just was like so touched by the fact like that is their go-to thing to help them fall asleep. They could have been on YouTube, they could have been watching movies, but no, right. they they turned on a book. And they I think turned, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Right. And Harry Potter, something I yeah. completely love. You know, they're young. And I wonder then if if you really can't listen to it at any of those ages, whether it's 8, 11, 15, 20, and you get something different out of it every time or something new out of it every time because you're maturing, you're changing, your development is continuing on throughout that process. So, you know, you're just talking about at 11, would they read the whole thing? Well, they might. But yeah, they'll get something different out of it. I don't know how many times I've read the series. I'll even listen to it now just because it's like kind of a comforting thing. So, yeah. so I, yeah, it's got a lot of rereadability, I think. I'd agree with that. Um, and again, I, I think I discount children's intelligences <laughs> a lot. You know, I just uh, obviously they're smarter than we think they are. And maybe they will get a lot of enjoyment out of seeing Snape kill Dumbledore. You know, <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, I'm curious, Carrie. I'm going to latch onto something you said that you've re- you'll reread them still to this day. Mm-hmm. I'm curious for both of you. I'm going to start with you, Caleb. When was the last time you either read through the franchise or read a chunk of the franchise? And do you think it still was resonating with you? Maybe even in a different way, but at all? Or was it just nostalgia that you were feeling? Uh, I've only read them the once. Really? I've only oh. read them once. Uh, and they are still vivid in my mind. But okay. uh, yeah, I've only read them once. It's hard for me to reread books um i have no idea why if i reread a book it's usually years down the road yeah so if i actually had them i probably would actually have reread them by now but uh i i have no doubt that it probably is nostalgia Mm. you know Uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it is bad okay 
How about you, Carrie? Well, so when we had an Audible account, which was just within the past couple of years, I made sure we downloaded all of the Harry Potter books and I would listen to them before I fell asleep. So I didn't listen to them straight through and I didn't even pay that close of attention. So I would say at this point, it's definitely more nostalgia than anything else. I don't think I'm probably getting a whole lot new out of it. Can I just say real quick that like that's my big beef with audio books is that like I just cannot pay attention. Hmm. Um, hmm. I cannot do audio, which is so why I you, understand. Which is why a year ago you decided to get into the podcasting world. Exactly, <laughs> I can do podcasts because like it's it's just mindless conversations between oh, people. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's that's, that's what you think about what we're that's doing. That's what I think about mindless. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I like to listen to something as I fall asleep, but also I'm listening to a different book series right now, and I don't have to get into it, but I think I could compare a lot of Harry Potter to this and kind of how the new series that I'm listening to, I'm listening to and not reading it, but how it very much is so, so good. <laughs> and when I think of the Harry Potter universe... A beautiful entrance into the fantasy world. But this book that I'm reading, sorry, again, listening to, is <laughs> so good. It's so detailed about the language and different cultures and the history of magic and and how magic actually works. It's just really, really good. So I'm trying to figure out. I just cannot put my finger on anything. What is it? I don't. What is the series called? Because because Craig introduced me to it. So this is a series I've been trying to get her into for quite a while, actually. Um, it's the King Killer Chronicles by Patrick Rothfuss. Okay. And luckily, I think I got her into it at a good time because I think book three is finally about to come out. And that's been a while, hasn't it? It's like twenty years. Yeah. Between book oh two my, and book three, it's ridiculous. Your eyes got super. Big. I don't want to have to wait if there's more after that. Yeah, it's hard to wait twenty years, dang. Yeah. But. So good. I definitely would recommend right. reading it. And I think the, you'd like it. And there are a lot of parallels. It's a boy, a good chunk of the story is a boy going to school to learn magic. But like the school isn't for kids. The school is for anyone who wants to come and learn magic. So it's also like this character interacting at a very young age with adults who could not give less of a shit about him. Mm. It's definitely a different vibe. It's darker. It's a lot darker. But very fascinating. I just think it's for a little bit older audience, but very good. regards to the original Harry Potter series, the seven books, you you do think you're going back to that well, mostly for nostalgia. Yeah. Yeah. Because okay. the lead up that I was kind of fishing for was, I don't think they're very good books, honestly. Like, you know, I, I get there, there's a target audience, it's younger, but when I go back and reread, I'm like, yeah, these aren't great stories. And personally, I think Harry is one of the blandest characters I've ever read. Agree. Like, I don't... I, I, I joked about it at the beginning, the boy who lived and then didn't do much else. But, like, he really, <laughs> I, I, he just continues to fall into situations. And Hermione gets them out. Typically, yes. Yes, yeah. yes. And I think. <laughs> she, she is the OG of that story. Oh, like, yeah. She's, she's where it's at. Oh, for sure. And I, I mean, I think it's interesting you say that because a lot of times you want to relate to the, the main character, whoever, like, the perspective you're seeing it from. But I always connected with Hermione so much. I was the brainiac kid that always kind of was the know-it-all, the goody-goody. And so what I do like about the series is there's there are different characters that you can kind of relate to, I think, whether it's 
one of the Weasley several children or any of the other side characters. I always think that's kind of fun. Can I just go off of something you said earlier mm-hmm. about how uh, you said Harry was a bland character. Yep. And then you mentioned a bland character. Part of me is like, was Harry meant to be bland so we can see ourselves within that frame, you know? Right. Because that's a, that's a thing authors will do, right? Yeah. yeah. So that's that's one of that's what I'm thinking of right now is, was he intentionally bland? <laughs> I what I find interesting going back and looking at the whole series is a little more a little with a little bit more of a technical lens is. Every character is written all, all the entire series is written from a third perspective voice. Yeah. Like even when you are with Harry and you're thinking or you're getting Harry's monologue, it's still third person. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that was a deliberate choice by by Rowling so that people could attach themselves to whichever character they, they wanted. That it's not this isn't necessarily just Harry's story. We get a little bit of other people's perspectives and it's told in the same voice. You know, now that you say that, I think it's really interesting because we only ever see it from Harry's, you know, we follow Harry throughout the series, except for little bits and pieces and times, like at the beginning of some of the books, like the fourth book and gosh, maybe the sixth and or seventh, gosh, maybe fifth. I can't remember, but they have a different perspective at the beginning, whether it was in the Riddle House. Um, was it the Riddle House? Yeah. That's yes. the fourth book. Yeah, yeah, where you're following like the groundskeeper. You know, that's from a different perspective. And then at the beginning of one of them, it's like Snape's perspective going into the Malfoy Manor. So I think that's really interesting. It only really goes out of that mode at the beginning of the book series. I'd agree with that. We follow Harry. And again, he is the blandest character. It would be fun to follow Hermione for more of the books, yeah. I think. Um, Absolutely. I've I've expressed this many times to Carrie, but I'm going to do this here so that other people can hear me too. One of my biggest beefs with the whole thing is that they're literally going to school to learn how to use magic, right? That is the premise. We as the, the viewer or the reader never get to learn how magic fucking works. You don't need to. In a good story, <laughs> you would. That's 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 where I was going. In a good story about magic or education you would learn along with your main character craig how does spice work in dune it's a hallucinogenic (laughs) (laughs) okay i think that that can add to the depth of a story i don't think it's necessary though like when you're like a good book about magic will explain the magic i just think that's that's too much of a blanket statement i don't know that every single thing every single book needs to have that to be good but it does definitely add an extra layer right because we're told a few times in the series that, like, supposedly Dumbledore is the greatest wizard living. But we don't really know why, apart from he doesn't have to speak his spells out loud. <laughs> like, because we don't know how magic works and we don't know what makes someone good at magic. Wh- how, what makes you good at casting spells? Is it because if you're someone like Hermione and is very technical and, like, follows the rules exactly right, then your spells work better? What is it? Couldn't tell you. Yeah. Why is Voldemort like a great wizard, even though he's evil? It's like, because he's willing to cast spells other people won't. I Here's, uh, I have no rebuttal to any of that. All right. Uh, <laughs> but I will say that I think Harry Potter, whether he's a bland character or not, is a character-driven book as opposed to a plot-driven book. Um, yeah. And I have never really concerned myself with too much with the technical aspects of magic. And, okay. and a lot of my... Uh, fandom things um sometimes i just don't understand why that would be necessary okay 
Yeah. Maybe it does add a little bit of flair to it, but for, like the Dresden Files, it doesn't. They don't explain magic too much, and no, no, in no, what no. he does. Yeah, and it is a heavily character-driven book. They're mysteries, and they're heavily enjoyable for what they. Well, are. Yeah. yes and no. They don't necessarily explain where the magic comes from, but they do explain, especially in the Dresden Files, that some things are particularly more difficult to do. Like he he does learn about different elements of magic and like how he can use them to his advantage. Yeah, yeah, I'll give you that. And that and that's that. I think that's the beef. I because <laughs> when I am reading something. And our character is supposed to be especially clever. If there's no rules for them to bend or break or reinvent, how are we supposed to know they're clever? The only thing we know that Hermione is clever at is that she reads and she pays attention. That's it. She's not necessarily clever in the sense that she's inventing spells or is, is that- as good at, or as good at channeling whatever magic is. It's just she's really good at studying. Maybe that's what makes them the greatest. Maybe Dumbledore but- was a heavily great student. But you know what? Sure would be good if at some point someone (laughs) mentioned in this goddamn school that that's what makes you a good wizard. You know, but I'm thinking about the Half-Blood Prince, right, where we see that Snape wrote all these different changes to different potions and how to make them better. I mean, there's obviously flexibility in it and ways to do magic more efficiently. Well, So... That gives us a little bit of a different perspective that it's not, it doesn't have to be done exactly ABC like and, a book would say, but it's And more he creative. created a spell. I, yeah. I was going to bring that up. I'm glad you brought this up, Carrie, because that is in, so it took up till book six for us to learn that people can make spells at a school dedicated to <laughs> learning about magic. No one mentioned that for six years. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Okay. Agreed. But, but it's probably like, some rule as like, all right, we've got the spells we need. Creating spells is heavily difficult and it's probably heavily dangerous. I think there is a, at one point they do yeah. mention someone burned themselves out or something. It, I think it might have been one of Dumbledore's siblings or something that like they were playing with learning, like creating spells and it went bad. Mm. So that is uh, mentioned to a degree, but that's even later than yeah. book six. But mm. why would a kid, an 11 year old kid need to know that? I mean, like we're following Harry Potter as an 11 year old. 12-year-old, 13-year-old, why does this kid, hey, by the way, don't do this thing, otherwise it's going to go really, really bad. If you were 11 years old, would it, would your first thought be like, I'm going to create this spell? Wouldn't it be... I, isn't it... <laughs> isn't it uh, ir- reckless and, and, uh, and poor education if you don't teach kids about the potential dangers that they might be facing? Or... I got nothing. Uh, you're probably right, uh, but also I will say that also it is a it is a ministry run school. Yeah. Like, isn't part of these public schools meant to keep <laughs> Caleb the some knowledge away? Is, is poking out. <laughs> <laughs> keep government out of my school. I mean, they do talk about the things you can do with magic that are bad in defense against the dark arts. Right. Yeah, like they they will talk about some things, but not all of it, and also still not like the root of magic. It okay. Just, I don't know. It gets me. But here's my feedback to that. Those books, there were almost a thousand pages. Some of them were, I think, more than that, less, whatever. They're big books. Mm-hmm. Plenty of space to do some explaining. Give me like two pages of exposition. Maybe like a couple pages, but she just couldn't put everything into it. I mean, she had pages and pages of additional information about other characters. Mm-hmm. She just had to, you know, prune where she could prune. And maybe that's what went out of the window. 
No, yeah. no, go ahead. No, I was just saying I would agree with that uh, because uh, part of writing is getting rid of superfluous things that right. aren't really adding anything. Okay. And if it's not adding to the character, if it's not adding to the plot, why does it need to be mentioned? Okay. Right. You know? And I'm sure those books by the King Killer Chronicles, I'm sure that the rules of magic plays an intricate part in the plot for the kid as he's learning. But the absolutely the rules don't play a, a too big of a rule part of Harry but, Potter's upbringing. But not necessarily his upbringing, but they kind of do because we, I mean, again, we're at a school where kids are learning how to do these things. So we're constantly seeing like Ron fumbling his way through class. Obviously, he's doing something wrong. He's he's not following the rules. That's a character beat that's adding to his character, not mm-hmm. the plot. But like, right. if you're adding to the character of the plot, that's good. But okay, so may, maybe what I'm trying to express is that that seems like a vast missed opportunity. Because like I was saying before, a character is way more engaging if we realize alongside with our character how they can break the rules and do something really cool. And that never happens in Harry Potter. Again, I would agree with that heavily. One last thing I wanted to, to mention there, though, and this might just be my pretentiousness coming out, but like other high fantasy that I've read mm. and, and absolutely adore and love literally come with appendices. They literally get the exposition of the world. Like these are the rules of this world out at the beginning or the end. I think I've said this to you before, but I think you want like a history book of that world <laughs> yeah. and nothing else. <laughs> Well, and kids aren't going to read that, and you have to think of who the target audience was. It was a gateway to reading for a ton of kids that wouldn't normally read. It was the marijuana of books for kids. That is so true. I mean, tell me it wasn't true. That's absolutely true. Getting all these kids hooked on witchcraft Hooked on reading. Wasn't that a saying? Hooked on reading? Am I wrong? Sounds like like a scholastic book fair thing. Doesn't it? I think that if J.K. Rowling wanted to continue to write, she could just write forever because she just has that much material floating around. I love a prequel of The Marauders. Agreed. It'd be fantastic with James, Lupin, Sirius, and... Peter. Yeah, Peter, Wormtail, whatever. I'd love to hear about that and the things they got into. And... um. I would be kind of sad because I don't really want to hear about how Snape was kind of a crappy, crappy guy and how they were mean to him and bullied him. But I'd love to hear about their adventures and James and Lily's love story. I think that'd be super cute. I think that'd be interesting to get us to care about a bunch of bullies. (laughs) I think it would be a, a feat in writing to try and show us and tell us how Snape fell so madly in love with someone who apparently never really loved him back or like not in that, not in a non-platonic way they, like, they were best friends right but mm-hmm. like to tell us this story about how he fell so in love with her or cared so deeply about her but also to not have them together i think that'd be kind of a hard that'd be a hard story to write and not portray someone as a complete and utter douchebag well even in the books james is portrayed as a complete and utter douchebag right those flashbacks mm-hmm. yeah. well I, I feel like it's either got to be lily or snape though yeah like to tell their story someone has to do something at some point to piss off the other one i feel like yeah that would be really cool though to hear it from lily's perspective a female perspective for one i think would be really good in that world and then lily is the one that got to see some of what 
that boy group was doing, but also Snape and his journey into darkness a little bit. Gosh, that would just give a lot of cool background. And even to hear then about how Dumbledore was a younger professor, even some of that, just a little bit more flavor to it too. Give me some more of that Jude Law action. That's right. I will take me some of that. Uh, But I I agree. And I think also maybe even give Lily a bit more of a life outside of boys. You know, like give Lily her actual own agency and her own story as opposed to being pulled this way and that way between two guys. Her relationship with her sister Petunia, that would be really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what the house was like during the summers. I mean, there would be so much good stuff there. Because her family was very pro, her family was very pro wizard besides Petunia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that would be a good uh, dichotomy to show at the, at home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure. I think that would be fantastic. I would just, I would take any more in that world. I honestly would, and I would read it. I would gobble it up. I know a lot of people do the... Uh, I can't think of what the website. Pottermore. Pottermore. Yeah. I kind of feel bad that I never got super into that because I feel like that is just like right up my alley. Because when I was 11 and 12 years old, J.K. Rowling did have a website that was really, really cool. You had to do certain things, even just get into certain parts of the website. It was really fun. Yeah, I remember that. Do you? Yeah. With like her desk. Yeah. Yes. That was cool. I was super into that. I was super into trivia about Harry Potter. A lot of fun games on there. That that brings me back to like Mm -hmm. 12 years old. (laughs) Yeah, right? It was good. It was so good. And so I was so into that. I would just take anything Harry Potter that I could get. I got the the Quidditch book and the the, um, different beast book. I don't know. Was it really called that? Yeah, it's the title of the new movies, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Yes, yes. And I read those. Um, Which have nothing to do with the movies, apparently. Like, no. It's just an actual textbook. Right, no. They're Craig, just you'd like, be interested in that. Yeah. Right. So they're resource books. <laughs> that is a freaking good point. They are resource books. Why didn't we get a primer like on goddamn magic? <laughs> yeah, it'd be cool if she came up with like Hogwarts, A History. Oh, that would be that a good That book, one. oh, yeah. that would be really good. Mm-hmm. Um. No, but so, but now I'm just surprised, like, I haven't really gotten too much into my content. It's, like, almost like there's too much now. I don't even know where it would start. Anything outside of the, the main series, books, and the movies, I haven't really delved into too much? No. Uh, I know that she's, re- J.K. Rowling has released a bunch of, like, canonical facts on Pottermore. Tweets. <laughs> or, or tweets, I guess, too. <laughs> and I'm just like, why? Why weren't these in the books? Why do mm-hmm. I have to find out on some random website 20 years after? Mm-hmm. Jeez, that's almost 20 years ago. I know it. No, it is. That's what the reunion thing was with the Harry Potter cast. That was for the, obviously for the films, but not all the books were up quite yet then. That's insane. But it is. It's a long time. So I think that's a good place to jump into the films if we'd like to. Yeah. Because personally, big thumbs down. I hate them. Like, I think they're bad movies. (laughs) Carrie? Carrie Bear? (laughs) I won't say that I think they're bad films. They, the books are better. hundred times better. Um, But Rupert Grant, I will always have a thing for Rupert Grant who played Ron Weasley. Ed Sheeran Light. (laughs) <laughs> right, exactly. Ed Sheeran who can't sing. Yeah. <laughs> I actually don't know if Rupert Grant can sing or not. It's maybe not fair. In my mind, he can. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, but I 
did not like the films nearly as much as the books. They weren't nearly as important. I didn't go to like the premieres and things like that. I uh, I think all the movies are mediocre at best. Yeah. Um, I really it took me a while. I think the third one is the best book or the best movie so far because they brought in a different director who gave it a different visual style than the previous mm-hmm. two right mm-hmm. and all the other ones after and, and gary oldman that helps and gary oldman always helps uh, mm-hmm. uh but the director alfonso curon uh, some uh, i think he's a spanish uh yeah he really upended a lot of the visual cues set up in the second two or the first two and created just his own world like they're not wearing their harry hogwarts uniforms Mm-mm. uh just it seems a little bit more mature like i yeah. love the yeah. third movie when i first saw it i didn't I hated it. Yeah. It was, it was weird. Like, I've, I think I've matured and I've learned to grow and like this uh, mm. this one this one entry over all of the other ones. Uh, everything after the third one is the same movie for the most part, in my opinion. Visually, aesthetically, like, they're all just the same mediocre movie. Goblet of Fire, it hurts me that that movie exists because uh-huh. that is my favorite book. Uh-huh. And the movie ruined, not, I'm not going to say it ruined the book, but, like, it just did not do it so much justice at all mm-hmm. is i'm curious for both of you kind of expressing your distaste for the movies is it because that the movies could never live up to what you had in your head oh yeah reading them like you just feel like that's not how i saw it so i hate this i think chamber of secrets is exactly how i saw it like i enjoy yeah. the first mm-hmm. three movies like really like they're really fun movies okay and it is kind of how i saw it. you know i think the first two especially they really stuck to the books very, very well. I didn't have a lot against them, although book number two is my least favorite. Like, hardcore my least favorite. I don't think I've read that, re- gone back to reread that one unless I was, like, really sh- strictly going through the whole series in a go. The third one has always been one of my favorites. And the fifth one, a lot of people don't like the fifth one. That's also one of my favorites, too. Um, I don't think I like it as much now, but at the time, I was kind of an angsty teen when I was reading about it. And Harry's so freaking angsty in that one. Um, and I'm constantly rooting for Ron and Hermione to get together. And I'm bitter that they didn't get together until, like, the very, very end of the series. Like, what fun is that? That's not fun. But anyway. It's all yeah. about the chase, Carrie. Yeah. Uh, the chase is great, sure. But I need to know. I need to know the details of how that was, how that thing, how that went down. I was just say, I will say that... Uh, all the Harry Potter movies are mediocre from the books, um, and the the fourth one being hot garbage. But the first, but the first Fantastic Beast movie, I think, is actually a genuinely good movie mm-hmm. with a lot of good moving parts and a compelling main character that is a uniquely this is going to sound weird a uniquely feminine male character hmm. Um, hmm. that's hardly ever seen as an action movie star lead. Hmm. Um, and then the second Fantastic Beast. Yeah. Do you think he's specifically feminine, or he's just reserved? I don't, don't want to. That's why I said. That. Yeah. I, I was trying to think of a different word. Um, I think he's nurturing, right? He's a very would, nurturing person when yeah. it comes to the animals and how he feels about other people, and just a very nurturing person, which is often a more feminine character trait yeah. in movies, especially. I, I just wonder if you're conflating. Um, what was it called? The Dutch Woman. Because Redmond. No. What's that, what's that movie called? Uh, the Dutch. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I know. Uh, the Danish about. girl. The Danish girl. Yeah. But like, 
I just wonder if you're, <laughs> you're just drawing parallels there, maybe. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, he's not a super masculine guy, though. I mean, he is he's not, your not traditional like action your, movie star. No, exactly. He's not like your superhero that has all the muscles. He's, oh. yeah, very, it was nurturing and intelligent, research kind of person that really cared about the people around him and was willing to And he be cared about the animals. Yeah. Um, I think one of my favorite lines from the first Fantastic Beast movie is when, uh, I think his name is Jacob, the bigger guy, the bigger muggle guy. Um, Asks him, like, why did you bring me along on your adventure? And he's like, well, I just liked you. <laughs> mm. Like, and, like, I think that's that's not, like, you an action hero would be forced to say that, you know? But he said it because he was just asked. And I'm sure he would have said it at any point in the movie without any duress. Whereas, like, for these traditional masculine action heroes, they need that, we're both going to die, and you got to open up to me right now about mm. this emotional thing. Yeah. But Newt's commander is very much just like, I will tell you how I feel about anything at any time mm-hmm. without mm-hmm. any duress. Right. Just very genuine person. Yeah. That you don't see a lot. Um, I would agree with that. I I really, really did also enjoy the first film and then newer series. I was surprised because I had no idea what to expect, but I thought it was really, really good. This So right now we're on the third one coming out. Is that yeah. right? Yeah, it's right around the corner, number three. Okay, because the second one, I know I've seen it a couple of times, but I still kind of am fuzzy on the details of what even happened in that That's one. because it has no plot, which is why I hate the second one. <laughs> Got it. Okay. <laughs> well, and sure. I, I don't know where they're going and, and what the greater plot is going to be, but I do feel like... They're trying to build this epic plot around Grindelwald, and Newt's commander is not our guy. Not, he's not our boy, I feel like, to actually follow through with all of that. I feel like it's going to turn into a story about Dumbledore. It already is. Right, but but so that transition, but, I think, is is wasn't great. From what I understand, and this is from an article years back when Fantastic Beast was first announced, Newt's commander was going to be the lead for the first three, and then it was going to turn into Dumbledore at like four and five. Because oh. it's supposed to be a five-movie series. I don't know if they're sticking to that plan. I don't know if I even remember that article right. <laughs> uh, but I think that's a unique play. That mm-hmm. is. Because uh, Newt's Commander isn't, I don't, I don't, again, I don't know if Newt's Commander is the one to make those hard calls. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and is the audience going to follow him into war? Is he even going to want to go? Is it going to be out of character for him to go into war and pushing him in that direction? Mm-hmm. Is that a, is that a, a failure to be truthful to that character? Yeah, I don't Absolutely. Know. Right. No, that's fascinating. I've never heard that. I, that kind of the focus is going to change. But anytime we've heard of Grindelwald from the main series of books, it was about his relationship with Dumbledore. So it's been – I've been surprised that he hasn't had a bigger role or more of a presence in the films. But that makes a lot more sense if they're kind of building it up and going to introduce him as more of a main character down the road. Dumbledore and Grindelwald, they're just besties, right? That's all that is? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I sure hope not. <laughs> I want to know more about the intricacies of that relationship, too. That'll be uh, fun. I, I am... Uh, it, it surprises me how much they're able to change him from... Colin Farrell was him in the first one in disguise, right? Mm-hmm. Second one's Johnny Depp. Or, yeah, second one's Johnny Depp. Third one's Mads Mikkelsen, who I am stoked to see. He's great in anything. Yeah, <laughs> I'm stoked to see him as as the main villain here. I'm just curious how a uh, an American audience will take that change. Because to me, that seems like a uniquely British thing. It happens all the time. James Bond, Doctor Who, uh, and now, you know, Harry Potter, Winterwold. Are they going to accept uh, this main villain change? You know, the, 
the change of actors, you know. I uh, I'm, I'm thinking of the classic D and D DM excuse. It's magic, bitch. I don't have to explain anything. <laughs> Again, if there are no rules, then you're not breaking any rules. Isn't that exactly what I told you about the rules of magic? Just a ah, few moments before. So oh. dumb. <laughs> so dumb. I think you're right. I think you're right. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I think of that. <laughs> Tell me. Tell me why Grindelwald has to change face. I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will. I'm so. sure, yeah. They'll have to put it into the story somehow. And if they don't, who cares? Me. Like, me. Is that not clear? <laughs> I care. Would, I you be, would you be pissed if the if Mads Mikkelsen just showed up as Grindelwald with no explanation whatsoever? I mean, I'm sure there'll be a transition from Johnny Depp to Mads Mikkelsen. I mean, they need to show us that at least. They're not going to show a transformation from Depp to Mikkelsen, I don't think, because Depp didn't film anything for this. You don't think they'll just take something like maybe extra from the second movie and shoehorn it in and say like, oh look you changed and <laughs> it said exactly like that <laughs> whoa um, who's this guy whoa, whoa. <laughs> whoa. Um, i think he's gonna show up and we're gonna get a brief explanation but we're not gonna see the change hmm. Hmm. i have no idea i don't really have an opinion on it because i have no idea it'll be you know they'll do what they can it'll be i think it'll be good it'll be what it is yeah I don't and, have these, like, angry, strong feelings about a lot of it. Like, it may not always be my cup of tea, but it's still good. And people obviously still really like it and relate to it. So, If you didn't but, remember the second one, is it still good, though? Um, obviously, it wasn't that great. Fair. Fair. Somebody probably remembers it <laughs> in better detail does, than obviously. I do. <laughs> um, uh, again, that's, that's I, I left the theater for the second one feeling very deflated just like nothing there is no plot to this movie it's a chase Mm -hmm. movie but like we don't know the stakes really uh grindelwald shows up and says evil things and newt's commander gathers these random groups of people but like there's nothing happening well it's that's fair i think that's a side effect of having a main character who isn't particularly invested in the goings-ons you know that's we're following a character who's just like, well, I've was I've been told I got to do this one thing because I think he gets a, a missive from Dumbledore. It's like, go do this thing. Yeah, sends him on a, a, a mission. Right, sends you on a mission, but like he is not invested in the bigger story, which I think I agreed heavily. And yeah. uh, I I say that word a lot heavily. I agree thoroughly, um, weightily. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's why the first one works so well. Is that like he's not too invested in because he's working for Dumbledore in the first one too. Yeah. But, like, his main goal is to release this magical creature in its natural mm-hmm. habitat. And that's what he's working for. That's all he wants yep, to do. So it. he And then there's obstacles are coming at him. Mm-hmm. So that's him trying to work through random groups, random things that are stopping him from his goal. And that's why it works. Because yeah. he's invested in, in what he wants to right. do. You know? mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, a Grindelwald rally doesn't really fit into his immediate hurdles that he needs to cross to fulfill a mission. And like, if they had shown us like why he should be invested, I would be all on board. Mm -hmm. But even he seems disinterested (laughs) in what's happening with, with the wider political magical world. He doesn't seem too concerned that his uh, ex-girlfriend is a death eater or works with death eaters because he's he's just like, Oh man, do what you want. Yeah. You know, (laughs) Uh, which is, it's his peak nukes commander, but like, Uh That's not... Just leave me alone with my critters. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Okay, Um, but... That's not a compelling protagonist. Okay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) 
So, did you guys have any other comments on the movie? Because there was one other thing I wanted to talk about. I'm done with those pieces of garbage. <laughs> I'm fine with moving on. Okay. I am, as I've expressed previously, thoroughly into video games. It's probably like my main hobby. <laughs> I am surprisingly excited for the new Harry Potter game that's coming out later this year, Hogwarts Legacy. And I think for two big reasons. One, it's like 200 years before Dumbledore. Or before Dumbledore went to school, I think. So it's like, it's set in the 1800s. We have no, as far as I'm aware, there will be very few established characters in this game. There might be some creatures in the forest or something like that. The centaurs that have been around for ages or whatever. But, uh, oh, I don't nearly have this Nick is in it. Like as a, like a a live person? Well, as an NPC. No, no, no. As an NPC, as a ghost you can interact with in the school. Well, yeah, he's still a ghost. Like, yeah. So it's still taking place at Hogwarts and there are some staples that are still there, but very, very few. So one, I'm excited. It is a completely fresh story within the Harry Potter universe. The second thing to tie back to what I've been bitching and moaning about this whole time is like, you are a character in their fifth year going to school, and it looks like a big part of the story is going to class, <laughs> learning how to cast spells. And it really looks like the stuff that you learn in potions, charms, defense against the dark arts. I think the more attention you give the classes, the better your character will be in like combat, and you'll have more stuff available to you when you have to fight people or do things outside of the classrooms. Why do you want to put that much effort into a... Like, I didn't put that much effort into my real-life studies. How would I do that for a video game? Because it's magic. It's more interesting <laughs> than real life. I did hear a little funny fan theory that was just like, I don't know why Harry was always bored in his magical right? classes yep. when he came from a muggle world. Yep. I mean, and that explains why Hermione was super on her shit the yeah. entire... Sorry, the ability to make whatever you want to appear <laughs> at a whim is is not interesting enough to you. Yeah, yeah. This is the first I've heard of Harry Potter World, um, and it sounds really cool and interesting, and I, if I had a PC, I would want to play it. And it it's, nice. it's coming out, I think, for PS5 as well. Okay. Uh, if I had a PS5, I'd want to play it. <laughs> <laughs> but it just, it does, it, it looks like a very, very big RPG exploration story-driven game set in Harry Potter. Like, it's the AAA RPG game that I really enjoy set in that universe, which I think is going to draw me in. And I, I imagine, Carrie, you and I will probably play through it together. You you make all the story choices and I do all the combat. That sounds fun. That's good. Let's do that. Yeah. That does sound pretty fun. Yeah, um, I, th- I think it's going to be a really good story. And a really good game experience as well. I feel like a lot of book and TV adaptations of video games don't focus enough on the gameplay itself. But it mm-hmm. does look like it's going to be a good game on top of a good story. I want the first level to be waking up in your muggle house and then just packing. <laughs> and then the second level, you go to Diag- Diagon-, Diagon Alley. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you go shopping. Just mm. make it super. <laughs> I mean, I sh- Diagon Alley and Hogsmeade are in. like, And they are shopping centers. Yeah. Like, it's like, cool. this is you can go to these places and get materials that you wouldn't be able to get at school. Interesting. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. That will be fun. When does it come out? Sometime this year. They, I don't okay. think they've given a specific date yet. Yeah. In general, though... Um, I really enjoy the Harry Potter universe. I think it, I think that we were just the perfect generation for it too, because we got to grow up with a lot of the pieces. I spent summers reading those books. I journaled about the questions I still had and what I was hoping would be answered in the next one. So I will always be thankful for it's existence in our world, whatever mm. that looks like. Um, I may not be super, I don't necessarily subscribe to all the newest things coming out. I mean, I'm passively aware of them and I'll probably go see the movie, but but the 
the original seven books, that's where it's at. Mm -hmm. I think they're amazing. They've made a lot of influence, I think, in my life. It's the gold standard. Yes. Those will hold a place in your heart no matter how much Rowling tries to ruin them. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's a whole that's a whole podcast right there. Yeah. I mean, for sure. Um, yeah. I feel similarly um about, you know, it, growing up with it and stuff like that. I used to uh write the Hogwarts letters to myself. Oh. Yeah, when I was like 11 or 12, I had spent like one night doing that just to, oh, fun. Like it was it was super nerdy, uh, no, super great. cringy, but I, I it was it was fun for me. So yeah, it does hold a place in my heart more so mm-hmm. than the movies and uh, mm-hmm. other yeah. these outlying properties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Craig, you hate them. I'm just uh, kidding. <laughs> I don't hate them. I mean, I enjoyed the books in their time, but I, I don't think I would ever really actively go back and reread them or re-listen to them. And I will never go out of my way to watch the movies. There's better fantasy. There's better fantasy. Yeah. I think it's, I will give it its credit that like it stirred a generation and, and it's definitely pervasive in the world we live in now. I do feel like I remember seeing though, that it didn't actually cause kids to read any more than they would have otherwise like there is no statistical increase in literacy or or in readership in that generation because of harry potter as much as people have said right how much they attribute to it right i'll I'll maybe follow up on that add an article to the to the cast to back that up that's a big claim i would be curious for sure but yeah um still the books alone standalone for just talking about the books 10 out of 10 for me. I really think that they had a huge influence. And for where I was at in life, they were just perfect. So I wouldn't change them. Agreed. I love me the books. Again, I should reread them. And if I do reread them, I, there's always that fear. I'm going to end up like Craig. Like, these are garbage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, all right. Before you take us out, I'm going to put you guys on the spot. Caleb, rank the first seven books. Like, best to worst. Uh, or worst to best. Worst to best. Worst to best. Which was which is your least favorite? And go uh, from there. Worst book would be Deathly Hollows. Mm. Not a fan of how they just took a battle to the school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it would probably descend from the later to the earlier. Actually, okay. Like Deathly Hollows, but like switch around. Like Goblet of Fire would be top. Chamber of Secrets. I love Chamber of Secrets. I'm mm-hmm. sorry, Gary. That's fine. That's uh, great. And then like Prisoner of Azkaban. It would go in order after okay. that. Okay. Hmm. Because um, I love Goblet of Fire and I love Chamber of Secrets. They're my favorites of the series. Okay. But so so for you, they peaked in the middle. A little bit, yeah. They were, they were great. They were good. They got great. And then they turned to shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How about you, Carrie? Okay, that's tough. Can I do best to worst? Because it's hard to think about it in other sure. terms. Okay, best. The third one, Prisoner of Azkaban. And then the fifth, which for the life of me, I can't. Half Blood Order of the Phoenix. Order of the Phoenix. Order of the Phoenix. And then the Triwizard Tournament. And Goblet of Fire. Goblet of Fire. <laughs> Thank you. Gosh. It's been a while. The three of them. The Half Blood Prince. Oh, that's a really good one. The seventh one. The first one, the second one. Okay. Breaking my heart, Carrie. I'm sorry. No, I'm I did not like the second one. So, yeah, for you, it sounds like they consistently got better as they went along. Not necessarily to the best, but you liked them as they went. Uh, Yeah, it's like the middle and then the end and then the beginning. Okay. That's where I'd go. Gotcha. Do you have a... Uh, I mean, I really liked Azkaban and Goblet of Fire, but not so much. Like, they're... 
in hindsight now, <laughs> in the, the, the cynical old age I am, like, they're all mediocre books. Like, they're just, they're all okay. I'm not passionate about them like I used to be as a kid. Take a stand. What's your favorite one? Uh, yeah, Goblet of Fire. Yes. Goblet of Fire. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah. a good one. That's because it's so unique compared to all the other ones. Yeah. Before that, you have like these one-off villains, and after that, it's all about stopping Voldemort. Hmm. Is that a unique point? Book the, four is that yeah, this really weird conflux point, and also completely different things are happening that don't happen in the rest of the books. Yeah, like the fact that they went to the big Quidditch Cup, and then they have all these different cultures, different schools coming mm-hmm. together. We learned They're more different, different layers. We learned about the universe way more than we did in any other book. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. Mm-hmm. That that is a really fun part of that one. So, and so anyway, that's that's my thoughts on the ranking. Yeah. Oh, that's fascinating. And, but, you know, I bet there was a lot of stress because they had to make them relatively quickly because of the characters were growing up. Yeah, everybody's getting old. Yeah, that would be so challenging. It's so neat that they had all of the same characters or the same actors playing the characters the whole time. I think that's such a cool thing. But had they had more time with some of them or split some of them up, I agree. I think the films could have maybe been better. But for with what they had, I think they they did the best with what they had. Maybe that's that's probably not the popular opinion in this room. You're being too kind. I. They tried hard. I don't know. <laughs> well, that was a fun conversation. To sum up, the books are amazing. The films, maybe not so much, and all the extra things on top of it, maybe not necessary, but. Overall, the books were a good experience, I think, for a lot of us. Uh, And that is our show for the day. Excited to hear if you have some opinions to share with us. And I appreciate Caleb and Craig for letting me join today. And if you do have some opinions that you'd like to share, please feel free to reach out to us at strikesarefancy at gmail.com or you can find our website, ourfancy.site. That's O-U-R-F-A-N-C-Y dot S-I-T-E. I got nothing, man. Uh, <laughs> thanks for coming by, new Rob. Hey, you're way more attractive this week, Rob. <laughs> I try. Uh, anyways, as per usual, I have been Caleb. Uh, I'm Craig. Explain the goddamn magic to me, Jorgensen. And I'm Carrie Jorgensen, just here to have fun and bring a positive outlook to some conversations. <laughs> All right, have a good night.